It's different for black boys, harder for black girls Start your own business venture, thrive in a black world Where you and your homies don't gotta worry about getting fired and facing discrimination We are creators, we don't go begging for placement where we are not wanted And I'ma keep it a hundred youngin', we used to be hunted They had us sitting in zoos, so what you see in the news Is really nothing that's new, they really targeting you You hear me talking to you? Rose and Rose is brought to you by your hosts, Deja Staten and Christina Alford. Hello. This podcast was created as a way to address the many racial issues that this country, and specifically BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, living in this country have been carrying, confronting, living through, basically from the beginning of our history. Which we would like to mark our history is from before uh, the United States was was founded with, you know, the indigenous inhabitants who were here long before and were genocided by the predecessors to the U.S. government. So we will be covering history, current events, systemic issues that are affecting all of us today. Today. <laughs> so why Rosé, Pristina? Rosé, because, well, for all of you who know us, we always have a glass or a bottle or ten. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. But not a lie. But not no. Close in hand. Um, and honestly, it's, you know, we'll be covering a lot of heavy issues. These conversations are not easy at all. And it's just a little bit more digestible with a glass of rosé in hand. That it is. So Welcome. Okay, so continuing from episode one, part one, are y'all okay? A bit more on the symbols that we saw at the white supremacist pep rally at our nation's capital on January 6th. Um, Can I have a bottle, please? <laughs> where's the bottle? Where's the bottle? Um, yeah. So the other the other symbolism, and I mean, this is just like scratching the surface of it. The, the white power, like the okay. So like your um, thumb touching your pointer finger. Is that your index finger? Oh, that sound is lovely. Love that I love that sound. Um, so yeah, the 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 okay symbol um, with three fingers up and your thumb touching your pointer finger. That's the white power hand gesture. There was a lot of that happening during the storming of the Capitol last week on the sixth. Um, the noose, which we've already dove into, um, the symbolism of lynching, the symbolism of people watching a lynching, um, which is really at the heart of white supremacy and white terror. Um, and that's probably the first time I've said terror this this episode. We're going to get into it, into that in a bit. Um, there was also a lot of anti-Semitic uh, symbolism imagery, uh, which is a big part of, of white supremacy. Um, I got into it with someone on Instagram this week because um, there was, you know, they were getting really upset about the calls for naming white supremacy, but not naming anti-Semitism. And I said, you know, valid, let's name anti-Semitism too. Like there's a lot of anti-Semitism happening right now, but like also let's note that white supremacy is anti-Semitic in its very nature, its core. At you know the beginning, the 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 start of this experiment in the United States, it was not just anti-black; it was anti-Semitic and anti a lot of things, but like verbally, overtly anti-Semitic. So that was there. Um, Camp Auschwitz shirt being worn by some just racist, anti-Semitic asshole, um, and uh, there was a lot of like "work brings us freedom," which is the English translation of I don't I don't want to butcher it, but the German. Um, phrase that was over Auschwitz. Um, if you've seen the gates to Auschwitz, if you just like, you know, Google image search Auschwitz gates, it'll it'll have the phrase in, in German. So the clearly anti-Semitic 
The fact that there were so many themes flying around that day. It's like they threw like a bunch of like racist confetti (laughs) up into the air. Cheers. just to have a big party they had a big racist party it's just i hope they had fun because that's where they're going (laughs) just wow yikes Yikes. wow yikes i mean i also support prison abolition but like as long as we have prisons they can go there that mixed with like jesus saves (laughs) jesus hates saving (laughs) y'all like what Uh, yeah kate kate our our producer uh Jesus is an immigrant. Jesus is a brown immigrant. Jesus was v-, v brown. So I hope chew on that while you're in jail. Um. So anyways, the last thing, and I, you know, this is personally offensive to me as someone who identifies as black, but has some like whiteness in me that like I've been trying to shake off my whole life, but it just won't go anywhere. Um, I can't stop. I can't stop. Sorry, Mary. Um, the Norse Viking symbolism. So like this QAnon shaman, right? Like this dude. <laughs> The dude who was wearing like the the wild horns and like shirtless Burr. and like if you didn't know that it was a racist pep rally, you'd have been like, oh, he's hot. That guy, he has sleeves. He has like what look almost like um Pacific Islander, like like Polynesian sleeve tattoos, but like they're actually Norse uh Nordic um Viking symbolism. And again, if you check out The Simpsons, he's there. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so there's that. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. The sleeve is there, I swear. Okay, but here's here's the thing. So, um, if you really go to the roots of white supremacy, um, and you go to the roots of, um, Nazi symbolism, there is a worshiping of Nordic whiteness, um, which Trump referenced repeatedly. It's interesting because there's just like a specific calling into the the conversation into the frame of like the specific type of whiteness, not just whiteness itself, but um northern European, like the whitest of the white, like the the furthest towards like the Arctic circle that we can get. Uh like that's the whiteness that we want. And like this dude has it like tattooed on his arms. And so like he's just like staring at his arm tattoos in in prison while eating his organic food. It's it's his whole thing. But we're here. Okay, so like, we've talked about the the symbolism. We've talked about like the who, right? The the who's who of the racist gala <laughs> that was January sixth, um, twenty twenty one. So let's talk about um the the other involvement. Like who else was there? The encouragement. Um, so you know the president, right? Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump. Uh, he decided. You know, right before the the riot, the insurrection, the whatever you want to call it, um, other than a peaceful protest because it was not that. You know, he he lauded, he he applauded his his supporters um, for attending. You know, his rally prior to the protest to the riot. He he said, "We're going to walk down to the Capitol. You have to show strength. You have to be strong, right?" So like he was very aware of what was going to mm-hmm. happen, right? Like it's not like it was like a surprise to him that like a whole bunch of people were going to descend on the Capitol Capitol C with with an oh capital building like the seat of our government like where we do things (laughs) actual things things. (laughs) where like the things happen like not the white house (laughs) like like the place where the people who make laws go like because for for those of you who don't know and i'm not saying this is a dig like 
you know, like someone has to like make the laws in this country, right? So like that happens at the Capitol building, the hundred senators, um, two for each of the 50 states. And then the 435 house members, they all sit in the Capitol building. That's where their offices are. That's where they conduct their business on a daily basis. Their business is making laws, right? We have a bicameral system. We have two houses, um, that together make our Congress, the house and the Senate. Um, and you know, like he knew, Donald Trump knew that those the people I keep calling them yahoos and like I should stop that because like they're not like that that makes them sound more innocent than they are I think yes terrorists oh yeah they're that word I went there she went there they're they're domestic terrorists they are domestic terrorists they are and you know we're we're gonna go into that we're gonna deep like I like I you know I'm that person um who at like 11 59 p.m is like in bed and is like you know what I'm gonna do right now I'm going to respond to this Instagram post where someone said something that I really oh. disagree with. And you like fight with people on the internet? I do. Not frequently. But like, <laughs> you know, like I follow a lot of people who like spread the, the good word uh, about race and anti-racism. And, um, you know, for the most part, like I agree with 99% of what they say. Uh, but there's a small part of what they say that I'm like, that's bullshit. And there was a lot of fighting happening this week, argument over like, should we call them terrorists? Should we not? And like, we'll get into that and like why I think we should. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trump fully like supported the like, let's like <laughs> let's descend on the Capitol building. Yes. Like, right? We are marching. Yeah, we're marching. We're marching. Um, so you know, what did he say? So, like, I kind of want to go through like what's fascinating about Trump. He said a lot of things in his primary mode of communication, which is Twitter. He had more than eight distinct mentions of January 6th, specifically as like a target date, as like the the Republican Party, the you know, Trump D-Day for like when like shit was going to go down. And uh, I just want to like kind of go through like a few of those things. So I'm like not going to read all of them, but like December 12th, right? So this is like a little bit over a month after the election, after like it's been made apparent to Trump and to like all of the people who like are serious politicians who are part of his party, who follow him, who support him, provide him information that he's lost, right? Like he's lost the popular vote at this point. And he says on December 12th on Twitter, wow, exclamation point <laughs> thousands of people forming in washington parentheses dc for stop the steal didn't know about this but i'll be seeing them hashtag maga right um maga make america great again and a uh, little note on that when was america great it was great according to trump for white people well, yes, true never fine. for people of color but for trump and like what he's referencing is specifically like the 40s the 50s so he's referencing it's a throwback to terminology used by politicians from the 50s and the 60s america was great to them when america was segregated mm -hmm. under jim crow uh anti-miscegenation laws where white people and black people could not intermarry um laws that were just taken off the books a couple of years before my parents got married yeah. um you know like separate water fountains separate train cars separate schools separate jury boxes etc cetera, etc cetera. you know um so make america great about again is like really a, a throwback um not just to an older time period in the United States, but a time period when America was more legally um, de jure, as mm -hmm. we call it, or de jure segregated, segregated by law or in law. Um, so, you know, I just want to put that out there. I want to I um, underline that specific terminology. Those words are themselves triggering um, because it is literally a borrowing of terminology from a racist America. So there's that. Anyway, so he said that. And then he, you know, the same day, he, he, you know, he really likes to like all caps, all caps tweet. Yes. Um, we have just begun the fight. Like a whole bunch of exclamation points. 
Um, and then, you know, he started a few days after that, like about a week later on December 19th, he starts talking about big protests um, in D.C. on January 19th and kind of like calling his, you know, supporters out to the streets. So that's his first mention is on on, on um, December 19th of the January 6th protests. And then he keeps doing it. December 26th, the day after Christmas. See everyone in D.C. on, on January 6th, December 27th. See you in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Don't miss it. Information to follow, right? Um, January 1st, he talks about the big protest rally in Washington, D.C. Um, at 11 a.m. on January 6th. January 1st, see you in D.C. And before that, it says January 6th, right? So like, he's like really like highlighting. He's pointing his finger at and like he knows his followers are all following him on Twitter. Um, that January 6th, this is this is their their big day. This is their coming out party. It's their it's their thing. It's it's they're going to put on their fancy racist dresses <laughs> and they're going to the ball, right? It's the ball. It's the ball. It's the gala on on January sixth. So um, this keeps happening, and then he starts like retweeting some people January third and January fourth. A lot of people think Trump's an idiot, which like you know the jury's <laughs> the jury's out on that. But he's he or the people around him are geniuses with respect yes. to the, the breadcrumbs they're lying down, and they're very serious about like what they're actually talking about, and like their organization clearly is a thing. And the thing is, is that we're analyzing this timeline now. Like, prior to this, we're just like, oh, whatever. Someone planned this. Like, this was an organized effort. Yeah, this was an OCD-style effort at, like, organizing massive racist like, resistance. His, like, the stuff that he actually puts out on Twitter. And this was, like, an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came to fruition. Yeah, there was, there was symbolism, again, of, like, the Confederacy and the Civil War. Um, there was like wow, a literal t-shirt shirts. you can buy it on Etsy yeah. probably still so if you want a Civil War t-shirt Etsy get it um, <laughs> it's the thing <laughs> But there was also just like the like Trump's staunchest allies, which like there's a, there's a lot they've gone in and out because he fires everybody. It's just we've all known that's like what he you're fired, right? Um, but like Rudy Giuliani, who the fall from grace, sweet <laughs> so Jesus, so uh, he fell all the way off. Um, he literally got up on stage and said, "Let's have trial by combat." This was after his whole hair melted off onto his. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was to. kind of amazing, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rudy. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Your hair melted onto your face yes. while you were lying. It was like you were in the seventh ring of hell. Um, yeah. He let's have trial by combat. So, th- like, th- there was in 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 addition to like the um, January sixth come out show up for like the stop the steal for like the you know whatever he was you know having his people rile up his base. His people, including Rudy Giuliani, who's like his personal attorney now, I guess, who's yeah potentially getting disbarred um, for a lot of things. His son, Don Jr., uh, who got on stage and said all, like, I couldn't even come up with a quote of what he said because it was just, like, gibberish, but he also was just, like, fight, and, like, I'm coming to your backyard if you don't, like, do what we're telling you to do. So there was that. And then also, um, you know, connected to the preparations for the storming, major news outlets, which... Yeah, I know, like fake news, whatever. Um, CNN. Like all of the news. All of the news, right? (laughs) Like MSNBC, CNN, um, even Fox, like all of the major news outlets are now reporting. I know how to use words. um, That Roger Stone and Steve Bannon and Mike Flynn, who have all, literally all three of them, either been charged and or indicted (laughs) for different things. Save Steve Bannon. I'm actually not sure about that, but... um, have been, you know, connected to preparations for or encouragements for the storming. And I don't mean like getting up on a stage and saying like storm the Capitol. I mean, like they have connections to the actual groups, QAnon, et cetera, and the planning um, of the storming. So 
this was a concerted effort. It was well planned. It was preconceived. It was this was not just like, a, you know, we're going to get into like a little bit later about like did Trump incite in like the legal sense of the term what happened. But like this was a thing that they it were was like an organized effort. They they Oregon trail style like oh, rounded the, the, what are the, the wagons, the covered wagons. I think we kind of like underestimated. <laughs> yeah, we did. We've been <laughs> underestimating Trump forever. Like, homeboy got all up in oh the ass of the Republican goodness. Party and was like, I'm taking it over. I'm here now. Do you see that flag? I am the captain now. <laughs> Trump in like, he's like in a Rambo style. Like, do you have a thing tied around his head? These Sylvester Stallone. Yes. I mean, the other thing that's like really important to note here, I think, is that there were Congress people. So, like, remember, I keep going back to like, you know, they stormed like our seat of government. They stormed Congress. They stormed the Capitol. Four hundred thirty-five members of the House, um, apportioned by state size, and a hundred senators who two per state. Several of these people, including Ted Cruz, who is a senator who's out of his damn mind, um, you know, they were supporting the actual rally slash insurrection as it happened um so you know ted cruz even after it happened and after his colleagues you know said no we're not down with this like this has to stop like you just attacked the literal seat of government he just like kept going and his friend josh howley who's i think a freshman um house member he gave the essentially like the black power fist. I don't know if he knew that's what he was doing, but (laughs) outside of the Capitol, it was like the wrong arm, but whatever. He was showing signs of support uh, to the insurrectionists as they were literally about to storm the building that he was in, um, where he and his colleagues would be cowering under desks and being ushered through tunnels under, under the building itself to safety. Right. So shout out to those two women who, safely to the box the ballot box right shout out to those two women lady we're here for the uteruses yes and they were dressed up they were in like yep they were in fits but not just the uteruses like also if you like identify as a woman you're also a woman so we're here for you too that's right shout out to us we're here for it um but yeah like those women grabbed the like i love i love a woman right like we're here like planning things work so Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, y'all are wild. They decided to like partake in this. And like, honestly, they're not the only people. I just, you know, they're the most visible. Um, but, you know, the Congress, <laughs> they went back into session after this. So like, if you watch the full, I think it's like almost 13 minute video that's out now on, the, what is it? The, the, who put, the who New Yorker. New Yorker. Um, the New Yorker has like the 12 minute and 45 second video out of, you know, what went down in in congress the storming of of the chamber the storming of the building itself etc um if you watch it it's like they were all up in there they were like looking through people's papers they were like standing on desks they were apparently people were like urinating and defecating in people's offices um there was all sorts of just vile disgusting human depravity happening um which we are wont to do as humans because we're gross um notice i say we because all of us are gross um but you know, there were senators who and and members of the House who were involved in this, which is truly wild because these are the people hiding under their desks, cowering, fearful, scared while this was happening. And they were um, supporting this both before and after. So what ended up happening, legally speaking, and like we haven't or I shouldn't say legally, just, you know, systematically speaking, as far as process is concerned, you know, this happened during the vote to confirm the Electoral College vote to confirm the the presidency itself. Right. 
what now? Like, right. Mm-hmm. So, so we have the president of the country who's got this rally happening, right? And like all of his cronies, his kids are on stage being like, go fight and like trial by combat. <laughs> Rambo wild, style. Like, Game of Thrones shit. Like, <laughs> thro- throw him in a pit with a bear. <laughs> See who claws their way out, cut his arm off. Like, ah. Um, Right? Just like, what? Okay, cool. Um, So, here's what else you have to keep in mind is context, legally Mm -hmm. speaking, right? So, we don't just have one isolated event here of Donald Trump or Rudy Giuliani or Don Jr. um, saying, like, go kill him, like, go get him, right? Uh, We have. Them saying trial by combat, I'm going to show up in your backyard, march to the Capitol, fight in all caps, as Donald Trump is wont to do, um, supported by three plus years of Donald Trump saying other things like, go ahead, punch that person at the protest, I'll pay your legal bills, right? Um, you know, knock them out. I wish someone would just punch them. All of these different instances of Donald Trump saying violent things, supporting violent things, and not just saying violent things, but suggesting that if you do those violent things, I will legally and financially support you. And let's not forget, during the presidential debate where Donald Trump decided that he was just going to like talk over <laughs> Joe Biden for X number of minutes, that he told the stand the the Proud Boys, sorry, uh, who were present at and involved in uh, this riot, this insurrection, to stand back and stand by, right? Like what? I, I this is a guy who like you know we can't really view this in isolation. This isn't like a one-off incident. This isn't like the only time this happened. He has for four years, and honestly, for more than four years, for however long his run-up to becoming the president was until the current point in time, so maybe five years, used violent terminology, violent language, has encouraged people to engage in violence, um, and now this has culminated in people engaging in violence. And people are like, oh, was that incitement? Uh, yeah, son. Like, I just, it, it's really, if you take the long arc, if you look at this um, over the course of years instead of over the course of minutes. And it's another example of just white privilege and our systemic uh, issues. Yeah. Because this is actually, it's been allowed. We've just kind of allowed all of these things to happen. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, though, I'm going to toss it to Christina. Like, uh, what was the motivation? Like, why did this even happen? Like, how did we, why were, what, what, huh? The motivation. Well, also, it's kind of like the motivation between BLM and what actually happened on January 6th, right? So I think there's a very stark difference between what happened on both of those days. Both of those. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm making wild eyes right now. You can't see me, but they're wild. Yeah. So, you know... <clears throat> black and you know other minorities we're out here fighting for our lives basically and not on like a specific day like for the entire summer because right. the police just can't stop killing can black I just people. stop killing us please just, just a little bit just just like, a, like maybe two days just one day one day one day one day let's start with one and i think there was like a stat it was like in 2020 there was it was like every single week there was a black person woman or man that was killed every single week every week yeah 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 yes um but like why were these protests planned um and they did start as protests i don't think like they originally were planned as like let's you know overthrow the seat of government (laughs) because i don't think they thought that they were going to be able to do it no not at all like why where did this come from 
I mean, we've been talking about this. So yes, white supremacy, but also we were talking about mass election fraud. Mass election fraud. <laughs> yeah. This has oh, been Trump's. Was- this is this is that <laughs> that hot shit. That new shit that he's been implanting in people's minds. And he inceptioned for. I mean, it's the kind country. Of, it's kind of genius. It's genius. It's genius. It's genius. He's been doing this for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what was happening. That the whole point of this is like that was the motivation. Um, you know, twofold, right? We talked about white supremacy. We talked about white privilege. It was a you know an fu to anything not white. Um, anything that was threatening the existence of white supremacy and white privilege in this country, which let's keep in mind the statistics concerning the demographics of this country, right? This country is going to be majority minority very soon. What do we mean by majority minority? Brown people, right? Uh, anyone who's considered Latinx or Hispanic, who's Asian, who's black, who's indigenous, um, you know, you name it, uh, very soon. We're very quickly heading towards that and that's terrifying to to white people who are clinging on to the very real sense of power and privilege and monetary supremacy that they have in their white skin and that's that's real um i'm not going to say don't at me do at me if you have questions about that um but you know we also had um this sense of like kind of like a an intentional upheaval of the democratic process that was happening that was the the second prong of it so the the first prong was like this white supremacist like white privilege prong the second prong, prong is like screw the democratic process because we don't agree with it right and trump planted the seeds for that he planted he kept saying like this is a fraud he was saying it was a fraud in like june it was like bro the election's not happening for like five months genius it was genius it was smart the long game he played the long game he played the long game um so let's talk about like the response and the follow-up, Christina. Like, what? Uh, what did we? <laughs> what? I hate to laugh, but like I can't not it's laugh at so someone bad. who attended these protests. It, just... Like, what did we see with respect to the way that the police responded to to these air yeah, quotes so protesters? Let's compare and contrast January sixth versus June first. There was a protest on June first at the Capitol, and there's a picture. There's two pictures, which. There's such a stark difference between the two of, yes, insurrection and then the BLM protest of literally a sitting. Peaceful protest, people sitting at the Capitol protesting. Fine. Great. Jan 6, anarchy. We are climbing the walls. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, honestly, climbing like, I, I watched this today walls. for like the fifth or sixth time. These oh. were the wildlings climbing the wall. I said we. No, not we. They. They had like ice picks. (laughs) This was like, they were scaling it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there were people literally like putting their feet into like, are you a mountaineer? Like, what are you doing? Like, you've been at the rock climbing gym, huh? Like, that's how we we prepare for racial upheaval. And just overall law enforcement, National Guard. Mm -hmm. Well, no National Guard. It was like Zero National Guard for Jan 6th, right? BLM though, all of it. Everybody bring in the whole brigade, right? We saw all the cops. I have cop friends now. Yes. Even when I we don't, were protesting when we were protesting, even just in LA, they had the National Guard out there. The actual National Guard. Like tanks, trucks, riot gear. These dudes rolled up into the Capitol building with Confederate flags and guns and who knows what. 
<laughs> who knows what with, with no response right. you know i'm our producer is once again holding up <laughs> y'all qaeda vanilla isis and i don't even know how to pronounce the last Yihadis. one Yihadis, Yihadis. which is like a throwback slash call into play of the racist symbology surrounding muslim terrorists i'm air quoting because like all terrorists are muslim and black right um and the 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 contrast between like what is actually terrorism in the united states which is usually white supremacy like what we've seen in the past 100 years in the u.s with response to terrorism the mass mass casualty events right oklahoma city bombings um the mass shootings the school shootings the the things that we've seen it's not brown people it's white people so we'll get into that in a second um but like you know like what is terrorism like what are we actually doing here but like we just wanted to get to like what is the root of this the root of this was like we don't agree with the election we're gonna throw a temper tantrum and by temper tantrum we mean heavily armed insurrection completely different like black people brown people were protesting against survival survival right people are they're killing us a continuation like and you know in later episodes in the next season, we're going to get into the continuity, right? The continual intentional project, the structural systemic institutional racism that's pervasive in this country. But, you know, we're protesting not just against more unarmed black people being killed by by armed police officers. We're protesting against those 4,400 black people who were lynched. Yeah. We're protesting against the continuity of us being lynched. This is continual lynching. We are being left to die in the middle of the street at the arms of, you know, or at the hands of police at the hands of people who are giving the sign off by given the sign off by police you know this is this is a thing that has happened since free black people were allowed to exist in the united states and shout out to not shout out with whatever the opposite of a shout out is to this day uh in what year was it 1834 when alabama decided post um nat turner rebellion that no free black people could live in the state of alabama so when yes. you tell me that there is no predecessor, there is no foundation, there is no base to this, that this is all like old news, I'm sorry, y'all outlawed the entire existence of a group of people based on race in a state in this country. And we've been fighting for this for yeah. forever. This is not a new thing. Name me a state where white people can live. Yes. I'll wait for it. Don't worry. Right. I'll be here. Versus whatever, what Jan 6 kind of portrayed or what it, it's, it's a symbol of, right? White supremacy. White supremacy. White supremacy. Okay, so let's get to, and we kind of got into this, like the fallout. So like we were at like the the protest. We saw how the police responded. And this isn't just like police presence. This is like actual response, like armed mm-hmm. armed response. Like we were confronted with police when we protested. I just remember the, the chant that we were chanting. I don't see no riot here, so why are you in riot gear? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it was but, very real because yeah. why are you in riot gear? Full force, strapped tanks trucks the other thing that i think is really important to highlight like where did this come from um one of the things that happened it wasn't just the electoral college uh being being verified it was also fun fact factoids daedra's fun factoids it's coming um rafael warnock and john ossoff had just clenched their victories in georgia and they uh are 
black and Jewish, which has some interesting significance if you were listening to the end of this episode. So that happened literally days before the January 4th and January 5th. Um, the news was coming out. I don't think it was until the morning of January 6th, actually, that um, Ossoff uh, was confirmed as having won his Senate seat in Georgia. So uh, these were two Senate seats, again, two of the hundred seats. So Georgia's two of the 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 hundred seats um, for the Senate that is the upper house in our Congress and our bicameral legislature. And this is only, and no, you are not mishearing me before I say it, only for Raphael Warnock, the 11th black person to be put in the place of a senator in the United States. That is specific language that I'm using. I say put in the place of because the first two such senators who were black in the 1860s uh, were appointed, not elected, uh, to those seats uh, right after the Civil War during the Reconstruction era. And then it was almost another 100 years until we saw Black people in the Senate in the United States. 11, 11, 11 total senators, 100 of them are sitting at any given time in the United States since we have existed since 1791, when the Constitution went into effect, have been Black, tell me this country is not racist. Don't worry, I'll wait. So, That had just happened literally the day before a black man and a Jewish man elected in Georgia, a super deep South state um, to the Senate. And there was a massive (laughs) response to that, right? I mean, Georgia is a conservative state. It was Democrat for a long time, but when the Democratic you know, party was Republican, essentially. Um, And, you know, there was massive pushback against this. And Trump really uh, ignited the base saying, how on earth could this super Republican state um, have, you know, turned Democratic? This is a lie. They stole the election. Also, John Ossoff uh, is extremely young. He's what, 33, 34? Yeah, I think he's 33. I think he's younger than me, which is like rude, bro. Like, why are you doing like... (laughs) don't make me feel inadequate but um yeah i mean he's super young and you know raphael warnock also he is the 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 preacher at martin luther king's church martin luther king jr's church so this is a dude who has like historical reach historical significance um extra significance in the black community atlanta is extremely black um extremely blue democratic and you know so Keep this all in mind as we're talking about like what really happened here in the lead up to 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 the Capitol being stormed. This wasn't just like, you know, unite the right. This wasn't just QAnon. This wasn't just the Proud Boys. This wasn't just like a pushback against um liberalism. This wasn't just Trump riling up the base. This was a specific pushback against the browning and liberalizing of this country in a lot of ways. Um and I, I think it's really important to note that, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So overall preparedness. I'm laughing. The picture that was circulated within the news cycle is a picture of the Capitol preparing for the BLM movement (laughs) and protests with the National Guard. I don't even know. Black people are coming. Get the army. Gather them. Where are are the bazookas? Do you have landmines? Full gear. (laughs) Tons of them. Not the black people. The entire, all of them, all of them versus none of them. <laughs> so what Pristina's highlighting oh is goodness. that the the Capitol Police officers, which were massively underprepared, not because they themselves chose to be underprepared, because their leadership decided to like not do their job. Um, they were black. <laughs> they were black. <laughs> they were black. And the people who cleaned up after the Capitol got trashed oh, yeah, were also yeah, yeah. black. Throwback to 
slavery mm-hmm. cleaning up white people's messes um yeah i mean it was truly wild to see this you know i mean you've all seen the seen the imagery of the black capitol police officer running up the steps backwards looking left and seeing the opening of the Fending chamber off everyone yeah by himself and then leading uh the the protesters to the right to you know his colleagues who are who are who are waiting in numbers to, yes. to kind of quell the the insurrection but i mean this was wow wow Wow. And not wow in nature again. Like, it's not surprising that, like, something like this happened. It is surprising that, like, they infiltrated the Capitol, okay. which is, like, supposedly so well armed, so well prepared, like, bulletproof glass, blah, 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 blah. Like, show me the bulletproof glass. Where is it? I don't see it. I didn't see it because I saw a dude breaking down glass with, like, his, I don't know, shin guards. <laughs> like, whatever the hell these they also people brought, were. like, large they brought, tools. They brought tools. <laughs> <laughs> they, brought, they brought tools with them. I don't think any of us would, like, what? No, no. Okay, what because the point lock? is, like, we would literally never, because we black never people. Be, we, we would, would never, never do that. Because we have been trained. We have been forced oh into submission, right? Like, we would never bring things that are tools of violence no. to a protest. Please, I would, I will pay you. I will pay anyone like this is not a joke this is dangerous speaking i will give a hundred fifty dollars to whoever can show me any criminal record of a person of color in the last seven months being charged with carrying a weapon at a blm protest right yeah i'm here for it yeah i mean even like when we were protesting i got 1500 on it yeah the first 10 of you who can come forward is that correct math here's there's the thing we're, I'm going to get really real with you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think violence is typically very effective. I don't think that destroying property is typically very effective. But I'm going to tell you why it happens with respect to not just black conf- communities, but disenfranchised, minoritized, marginalized, oppressed communities. These communities typically do not have any ownership in the property that exists in their communities because it has been systematically deprived. They have been deprived of ownership in these communities. They don't own the CBS. They don't own the corner store. Why is that? They don't own these things because they don't have a high enough tax base, one, to pay for them, and two, because this government has actively, and by this government, I mean the U.S. government, has actively engaged in disenfranchising them and preventing them from owning things, right? So, you know, I could give you all sorts of facts and statistics to support that. But the point being, if you don't own your community, you're not going to feel a sense of protecting it. You're going to want to tear it down when shit goes wrong. And for black and brown people, shit has gone very wrong a lot of times, historically speaking, right? Here's the other thing. If that happens, you're going to want to riot and you're going to want to protest. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I don't disagree with them rioting and protesting either. And I say them because I didn't burn anything down. I, in fact, was on the other side of this, preventing people from Mm -hmm. violently assaulting property, which we'll get into in a second. Um, But, you know, this country hasn't listened historically until people have broken shit, until the bottom line has been affected. Um, And until windows were broken and things were burnt, no one listened to us this summer either. Uh, and I think that's fascinating until the bus boycott, you know, until Rosa Parks was like, screw you, I'm not getting up until we affected the bottom line and for an entire year refused to ride on public transport. White people didn't listen before that. White people didn't listen during slavery until black people refused to do their laundry outside of Atlanta 
for an entire year. So there is historical significance to and meaning to protesting in this way that affects the finances and affects the economy of, affects the bottom line. And if we don't have ownership in a community, we're not going to really care if it's destroyed. We're also going to purposefully destroy those things that have intentionally destroyed us. And I'm not supporting that necessarily, but I'm not condemning it because I think it's fascinating that a country like the United States can put people in shackles, can carry them over a sea, can breed them at will, can send them quite literally downriver, can visit violence on them in all forms, can genocide the original inhabitants of this land, right? Upwards of 50 million indigenous people lived here in 1492 when Columbus, air quotes, discovered the United States, and now the brown people are violent, right? Now we're violent. It's really convenient how the history is forgotten. And I'm not supporting violence, but I am supporting people standing up and condemning and attacking the systems that have condemned and attacked them for for so long, right? So, um, you know, it's unfortunate this has happened. Like, I wouldn't have wanted this to go this way. This is not how I would have chosen as a diplomat <laughs> to, to have dealt with this. But it's not surprising. It's not surprising, and this is how change happens. So let's, uh, before we wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about, like, how the media has been addressing this in the conversation um, surrounding white supremacy, domestic terror. Terrorism. Yes. Terrorism. Terrorists. Um, like, what should we call this? What should, what should we call the storming of the Capitol, the premeditated storming of the Capitol? On um, January 6th, like how, do, how should we, like what language should we use to, re- to refer to this? Domestic um, terrorism. Yeah. Should we call this a protest or a riot? It's called domestic terrorism. Insurrection. Insurrectionist behavior. So, okay, the reason we're, we're I'm not making light of this, but um, there's been a really long history in this country of calling things that it's convenient to call terrorism, terrorism. The United States, most of you probably don't know this, actually. So our producer reminded me earlier that... Um, you know, like go into the weeds a little bit where necessary. Uh, terrorism has a, a global and an international definition. Um, it's been defined by various groups, but predominantly the United Nations, the UN, and um, the definition of terror has benefited the United States, who also engages in terroristic activity on a regular basis because we're assholes um, and terrible. Um, it has it has benefited the 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 definition that we use um, has benefited the U.S. and other hegemonic you know world superpowers colonial powers, um, but the the idea behind terrorism is really fear based activity that's meant to guide or uh, impact political behavior, um, so politics, um, behavior, fear, right? Things that you do that are fear based that are. Um, moving people, moving the needle, moving how how they behave. And that is absolutely what we saw. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of times in the United States, we don't associate it with actual things that actually happen in the U.S. It's <laughs> it's always foreign. It's right? always foreign. It's always foreign. It's always brown. It's always Muslim. <laughs> yes. Right. Like we, we like we have exported the idea. Like we 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 grew the idea of terrorism here. And then we exported it to other places. Like it doesn't apply to the U.S. It's yeah. it's fascinating. Even though I I would argue that we are the creators in a lot of ways of terrorism. Mm-hmm. We drone people. We um, infiltrate <laughs> foreign countries and 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 bend them to our will. Whether it's places in Latin America in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, and you know elsewhere. But you know we really in the United States think of terrorism as this like brown Muslim mm-hmm. other thing, which is truly 
wild. Uh, you know, yeah. it's not, it's never something that happens here, even though like, look at what the KKK did. They, they, they planted bombs in churches and killed little kids. They, they maimed and lynched and jolly's things. And look at all the things that have happened recently with um, domestic terrorism, whether it's, um, you know, people from various religious groups and various backgrounds who have in the name of the United States murdered people. Timothy McVeigh, um, you know, just just all sorts of different people who have killed people. So it's it's fascinating that we get to like define the terms. We're 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 both the um, you know, the the people who create the game and, and the the referees of the game itself, which is not fair clearly, but it's what we like to to do here. So we just wanted to point out um, how we talk about these things, the language that we talk about them in, and who made it, um, who's judge, jury, and executioner in in these circumstances, and it's us. It's the United yeah. States. I feel like it started with like nine eleven. I mean, it started before that, but it like yeah. it was solidified with nine eleven. Like, yeah, that was like, yeah, yeah, like, that 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 for our generation, for people who came of age, who were born in the eighties, right? Anybody born in the eighties, essentially, or later, like nine eleven. You know was really the ushering in of a new way and era and age of speaking about these things and this fear of the Middle East, which like don't even get me started. This could be like a whole nother terrorism in general. Yeah, spin off terrorism. Terrorism that we created, right? It's like like we we'd like bag on like Iraq and Iran and like Afghanistan and all these places that we like we decided we were gonna like send a whole bunch of white people to like My friends know me as this person. Like, I, I'm pretty. Um, I go back and forth. I militate between being like very outspoken and like not talking to anybody and being like an absolute hermit. Um, and depends like on who you're talking to in the setting. It depends. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the setting. But like, most of my friends know me as like, oh, like, can we dig Daedra out of her like garden <laughs> hole today? Like, is she willing to speak to humans today? Um, is she going to come out of her shell? But it, you know, one of the things that like I am willing to speak about and that like I have lots of opinions about are the definition of terrorism, um, both because of my expertise, like uh, with respect to what I've studied for years and years and years and um, what I've been involved in. It's it's fascinating. We um, call things terroristic or terrorism or whatever based on the, the identity group um, that people are associated with. And there's been a lot of pushback in black and brown communities and religious minority communities in the United States, at least, with respect to calling the recent actions on January 6th terroristic. And I wholeheartedly believe that we should call them exactly that, terrorism. Um, And there's been pushback. There's been uh, brown people, Muslim people, people who associate with minority and marginalized groups saying we shouldn't call them terrorism because it's going to increase the amount of attention, the amount of lawmaking focused on incarcerating people of color. Which, let's be frank here, um, and this is a big part of my, my my reasoning for calling these things what I think they are, which is terrorism. They're going to keep imprisoning and targeting brown people and people from religious minorities no matter what because this country is racist. It's in our constitution. That's what we do. That's <laughs> what we like to do here. That's how we roll. It's our shit. Yes. So, like, and I'm not saying we should support or, like, encourage that, but, like, I also think... Our producers it wasn't chanting made for USA us. in the background. Um, I, I I just also think you know yeah it wasn't made for us. It was not made for um, us. But but regardless of that, like you know, <sighs> there's there's two different things here. There's there's what the legal system is going to do with what we say, 
and there's there's the rules and laws and and what we say the legal system is going to continue to act in the best interest of america which is a racist white supremacist country um and we can't do anything about that at this very moment in time this point in time right what we can do and what we can say is the definition the narrow definition that you've been using to define terrorism as only those things that brown people do is not correct that the people who bombed the churches in the 1950s and 60s killing black people um dylan ruth who killed nine black people in south carolina a few years ago um that you know the mass shootings these are terrorism we we can we can include in the definition of terrorism the things that white people also have done the mass casualty events that are very common in the united states and not so common in other countries go figure um are terrorism as as well so yes of course we should also push back against um the idea of punishing black and brown people as terrorists that's terrible it's it's horrendous it should not be the case but part of that is including in the common vernacular the common method of speech and language an idea of terrorism that is also white which was january 6th when a whole bunch of people waving the confederate flag and hanging nooses outside of the capitol building decided to violently storm our city government moments that have happened oh do you mean like slavery like when they like literally transported people across an ocean in shackles and killed half of them was that terroristic yes was that fear-based political action Mm -hmm. cool cool so that part quickly before we bounce off here uh social media bans so like some things have happened like trump's twitter went bye bye twitter everything Wait, what else yeah it. what else where what other places like, was... when has this ever happened <laughs> not not well what do you mean when has this ever happened like so like I... trump yes you're absolutely one million percent accurate but like the, the hilarious thing like from a legal standpoint of this is like as a lawyer, what's hilarious to me, and like having like l- like read legal documents and like whatever, um, this is the first time in history that like tweets <laughs> have been like historical court documents, right? Like what? So like, Trump got banned from Twitter, which and I think also Instagram and Facebook. He got banned from everywhere, and like I'm of like us, like I'm I I have two thoughts too. I'm I'm, I'm uh, bifurcated with respect to my thought about this, but like. You know, you can't just be racist all the time. (laughs) Not now. You got to take a break. Like 18 hours of the day. Like you got to be not racist. But he got banned. He thought he could. Well, because he could for four years. Yes, exactly. Someone let him (laughs) for four years. Like all the people let him for four years. Yeah. But like what's also amazing about this is like this has instigated movement to other platforms. So what was amazing about Trump being so visible and loud on Twitter was he was encouraging, um, you know, and let's like take incitement out of this. I'm not even saying like he was inciting violence, like whatever. Like let's like let's take that out of the equation. He was connecting to people on this platform, on Facebook, on wherever, um, in a big way that other politicians have not mm. prior. And so by him being banned, um, it has instigated a large movement to other platforms. And some of these platforms, fascinatingly, are uh, social justice, human rights platforms. Um, things like Signal, which, uh, you know, people use behind the scenes to talk about things in country where they're worried that leaders of countries or that um, government organizations are going to be able to access or hack the the conversation. And so 
um, you know, there's been movement to parlor to signal to telegram. And that's the new one. But like, it's concerning, right? Because I mean, these people are always going to find a way to communicate with each other, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank God we're, you know, kind of censoring all the major ones. But at the end of the day, people are going to find a way, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And it's also concerning because like some of these places, like it is actual human rights organizations, like not like Donald Trump, like sitting on his 24 karat gold toilet, eating a Big Mac, um, spewing bullshit. But it, it tamps down on like the ability of like everyone to communicate. But it's also just kind of interesting because... I think uh, it brings into question, how do we access these groups? Like, how do we, um, you know, let's let's assume that Donald Trump himself is not um, an originator of hateful speech. And that's a big assumption and oh. probably an incorrect one. Um, but, you know, let's like say like some of these people in these groups on Signal, on, you know, Parler, on Telegram, like on, you know, wherever are spewing hate speech and are fomenting violent insurrection, Right. Um, no, they are right, but 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 they're they're encrypted, and the reason they've moved there instead of Instagram instead of Facebook, other than being like literally kicked off the platforms, is they it's encrypted. No one, you know, unless you're a member of the group, you can't see what's being said, you can't hack it, you can't whatever. Um, how do we access it? Like, how does the FBI? How does if if it's a foreign country? How does the CIA? Um, how how do we? What do we do? Like, how do we predict an actual? terrorist attack and like legally like (laughs) legally how is that possible like yeah there's like a lot of questions to be answered here um so there's like the legal questions there's the moral questions um you know going back to like what is terrorism um you know there's a lot of pushback about brown people not being being you know not wanting to be uh in the dragnet of of our definition of 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 terrorism here, right? Like, let's not call this terroristic behavior. Let's call this like something other than that. And like, I don't agree with that. I don't know how Christina feels, but like, I think it's bullshit. Honestly, um, we we've let white terrorists get a- away with this shit for too long. But yeah, it happens all the time, and it's it's like after something happens, it comes out like, well, you know, there was all like the warning signs. And- right. <laughs> we had 37 <laughs> years of signals. But like, why does it keep on <laughs> it's, it's nuts. It's just like... It's nutty as hell. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I just, yeah, it's it's insane. Um, <laughs> it's truly insane. It, it's also just... You know, let's not be too idealistic about this. Like, oh, we don't say the word terrorist and like it's all of a sudden not going to affect black and brown people. No, like that's not realistic. Like we should use the same language to affect like the same, you know, yeah, I don't know, behavior or whatever. We should use the same language to describe the same things. And, you know, that's to say like a lot of what's been described as terroristic behavior with respect to black and brown and Muslim and, you know, marginalized minoritized communities is not terroristic. Like we should also redefine that. But I think part of this is let's let's talk about these things in the same language. Let's normalize um, <laughs> the the disaffected white dude who dropped out of high school when he was 17. Um, let, let's call him a terrorist also when he decides to go and shoot up a, a bar in, you know, wherever. The, the downstream effects are going to happen. Uh, this country has a proven track record of wanting to 
um, target and punish black and brown people. And they're going to find a way to do that no matter what. Us not calling it terroristic behavior when white people engage in this activity uh, is not going to prevent black and brown people from being prosecuted. I think we need to normalize the the language so that terrorism is not just a single race, a single, you know, whatever, religion, class um, activity. Because Timothy McVeigh, terrorist. Uh, QAnon shaman, <laughs> terrorist. Yeah, but also uh, the things that have been that have been happening to Black and Brown communities and people over history, mm-hmm. like it should be terrorism, but it's just like normal. <laughs> like, Not it should be like it is, but it's just described as normal. It's, it's treated as, as normal, normal, right? Because like it's normal for Black it's people like, to get lynched. Oh, yeah. Like it's normal for. Yeah. All of these, all of these really terrible things to happen to <laughs> to Black and Brown communities. I've been really moving into calling the stuff out where the stuff is. And um, I was really disheartened and disappointed uh, to find that in light of what happened on January 6th, all of these organizations are disapproving of and calling out what happened and saying, like, we condemn and we support and blah, blah, blah. And my law school, um, my, my university, I shouldn't just say my law school, my university, from the chancellor of the university itself down to the dean of the law school, uh, you know, <laughs> voice some tepid disapproval of what happened, some some like lukewarm disapproval of what happened, uh, but 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 called it you know disapproval of the upheaval or disruption of the democratic process. They didn't they didn't attack it as white supremacy, and this is true despite the fact that the you know the the dean of the UCLA law school and and those who also you know reside in the hierarchy of it are people of color um people from religious minority groups including jewish um it was white supremacy we got a one page email from the law school saying this was terrible democratic upheaval but did not call it white supremacy didn't mention the words white white supremacy uh race racism racist black yeah. not once yeah. Despite the Confederate flag and a noose being outside of the Capitol building. I mean, granted, when the first news reports didn't really show those visuals, but like, I feel like black and brown people, we knew like what was We happening. always know. We knew. Because we we're knew. <laughs> And the reaction from, I mean, I feel like we both worked for pretty white companies or clients worked for ed past tense because i now work for myself and i'm not pretty white but yes (laughs) i stand corrected because of that specifically though because of this because of what we're talking about yes but reactions from leadership in those types of companies you know a lot of times they don't even really know or they can't even like pinpoint what it is it's just like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's, like, it's literally oh my god oh shit oh shit <laughs> it, something just yeah, happened something it was happened. bad like and it had to do with race i don't know no not even that they don't know that it's race first but it's like oh shit this is uh, bad this is bad this Look is at not all good people <laughs> yeah and uh, you know what you're right i, I retract it's, like it's um, not even no that is the even, race is not that verbally like yeah. half the time it's just like oh Damn, that's and bad. you know, like I know, Pristina experienced this recently. 
I definitely experienced this. Like, I was gutted and sick to my stomach because what I viewed when I saw the Confederate flag flying in the Capitol building and when I saw a news outside and when I heard the things they were saying and saw Camp Auschwitz and all of these symbols, the Proud Boys, literally, that the the founder of the Hawaiian chapter of of the Proud Boys and the QAnon shaman and, like, all these people, I was just like, this is the most racist shit I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that you're calling this a disruption of democracy, yes, yes, it is that. But it's also, like, the most white supremacist rally. We've This is a white supremacy bonfire. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. They're boning, burning the 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 tinder of the the Trump presidency, which they are finally having to admit, you know, is no longer. And it is a white supremacy bonfire. Like, let's fly the flags. Let's fly all the sim- symbolism, symbology of white supremacy, and let's roast some white supremacist marshmallows over the shit because, like, it was next level. Yeah, and. I don't even think that's the scariest part. It's like, yeah, okay, you have this right-wing extremist, you know, all of these visuals on TV and what's happening, but then you have, like, just normal people that are kind of in your kind of circle or, like, who you communicate, who you deal with every day, who can't even, like, identify that. The white supremacy. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Which is even scarier to me that, like, (laughs) the people that are around us every single day that... They don't actually see the larger issue with everything that's going on, which I think is actually well, kind of worse. The white, the 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 whiteness, the white supremacy, the 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 hierarchy, the the privilege. just the privilege. Um, it's hard to talk about if you don't pinpoint it, if you don't point at it, if you don't pin it down, if you don't name it, if you don't call it what it is, and like. I think that's a big part of what we're doing, not just here today, but in general in this podcast is, you know, like I'm half white. Like I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not pointing my finger at whiteness because I'm always pointing my finger at whiteness. But, uh, you know, I'm white. I'm, I'm, I'm part white. Uh, we have to name this shit. Like it is pervasive and it is violent. And we have let it fly under the radar because it's the baseline for so long. We've let it fly as normal because it has existed, right? Like that's what privilege is. It's being unnamed. It's having a benefit that's invisible. So with that, uh, (laughs) we invite you to join us next time when we're going to talk about uh, what got us here even like before some like wild people decided to invade the Capitol. Um, The election, Georgia, Stacey Abrams shouts out to the like Daenerys Targaryen is mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams facts um yeah so and all the other black women who just really just yeah she had hella support really just helped us Georgia stand up I mean women of color have been supporting uh the Democratic Party for ages um yeah so we next time we're gonna we're we're gonna get into the weeds with respect to like what actually happened in selection and like there's been a lot of misinformation and like i don't know the like dominion stolen election machine ballot things election like ballots and rivers and things lit on fire (laughs) like all all the things we've heard about we're gonna get into that next time but yeah um we thank you and we are so happy to have been able to talk about all of this insanity yes the journey continues and drink rosé while we're doing it until next week keep your glasses full and remember that racism is garbage trash (laughs) 
Basura. None of this would be possible without the support of our talented team. Big ups to our producers, Lana Shea and Kate Bataille. Thank you so much. And shout out to Coda the Friend for allowing us to use his music. Woop woop. Woop. Bye bye.